0: I am so thankful that you are here, and I welcome all of you that watch online. And I'm genuinely delighted that you think that the birth of Jesus is important. So one week a Sunday school teacher was just trying to impress upon the children the importance of the coming of Jesus. And so she told the whole story of how Mary and Joseph Traveled to Bethlehem, Jesus was born in a stable, he was laid in a manger, and after telling the story, the teacher said, so who do you think then is the most important woman in the Bible? And of course, a little boy raised his hand and said, well, Eve, now, she thought he would say Mary, so she said, well, why do you think Eve is the most important woman in the Bible? He said, well, they named two days after her, didn't they? Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. <laughs> Christmas Eve is important. Because it anticipates the coming of the light of the world. But the other thing about Christmas Eve, you've got to remember, is that it's always dark. And the hope of Christmas is especially for those who are dealing with the reality that right now, the world is upside down. Because here's the thing you need to know. Christmas has... A dark side. Is there really such a thing as a perfect Christmas? And let me just bless some of you by saying. Don't put on your family tomorrow the expectation that everything has to be perfect. Because it never is. Isn't it true that some of our favorite Christmas movies like Christmas Vacation or uh, The Christmas Story or Elf. Are all about epic Christmas Fails. And we all have our stories of times that Christmas just went bad. In fact, watch this video. A lot of you wonder why I don't do animals. This is why. Now, when it comes to Christmas pageants, that's got to be the ultimate epic camel fail. Here's the reality. Troubles and sorrows don't take a holiday. And isn't it true that Christmas is the great magnifier? It takes every emotion and intensifies it. So for some of you, this is your first Christmas as a married couple. Or your first Christmas as parents. For some of you, this is that Christmas when your loved one that was deployed is finally back home safe. And for some, this is the first Christmas since the divorce. The first Christmas since the funeral. The first Christmas since the bad report from the doctor. Did you know that the very first Christmas had a dark side? Uh, So last weekend I talked about how these wise men come and they worship this baby Jesus. And the Bible says, now starting in Matthew 2 verse 13, that when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And he said, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and took the child and his mother during the night and he left for Egypt. See, Jesus coming from heaven didn't stop the hell on earth. And it gets worse. Because then we read that when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and his vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. And then what was said? Through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. So I've been doing this series called Upside Down Christmas, looking at the first two chapters of Matthew. And I I knew this text was part of the story, but I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to do that on Christmas Eve. That story's too dark. And I just got to tell you, the Holy Spirit just began to really impress on me. Don't run away from that story because I'm going to bring somebody that could really use the encouragement. Because sometimes Christmas just doesn't go right. And that's one of my gifts to encourage. For example, two weeks ago, my wife, she spent hours making and decorating these gorgeous Christmas cookies at her sister-in-law's house, she brings them home, gets out of the car, and drops the pan on the floor. And she's just looking at hours of work just crumbled in pieces. And I came out and started telling her that, honey, this is just another evidence that the world is a fallen place. And she gave me this look that said, some people just don't want sound theology. (laughs) Well, I hope maybe you do, because I'm just going to say two quick things, but I promise they'll help. Now, here's the first. First thing to remember, it could be worse. It's like the story I heard about these eight old men that gathered at a local coffee shop. They're around a table and the first guy says, you know, my arm is so weak, I can barely hold up this coffee. And the second man said, my cataracts are so bad, I can't even see the coffee. And the third man said, my my hands are so crippled, I can't sign my name. The fourth man said, what? Speak up. The fifth man said, man, my arthritis is so bad, I can't even turn my neck side to side. The sixth man says, I can't even stand up. My blood pressure medicine makes me so dizzy. The seventh man said, I guess that's the price of getting old. And the eighth man says, yeah, we should count our blessings. At least we can all still drive. (laughs) Have you ever been behind that guy? Okay, so some of you are in Egypt this Christmas. And some things happened last year and they're out of your control. And they've put you in a place right now that you didn't anticipate and you didn't really appreciate. And Egypt is a bummer. But sometimes it's still better than Bethlehem. And so like Joseph and Mary, there is some wisdom and even some peace that can be gained by realizing it could be worse. Say that with me. Say, it could be worse. It could be. So you're going to get in your car in a second. You're going to go home. And you're going to go by other people who have nicer cars than you. But you know what? That car gets you where you need to go. So you're not going to be jealous. You're going to say, it could be. It could be. You could be one of the billions of people on earth that couldn't ever imagine owning a car. That couldn't ever imagine if a child was sick in 10 minutes been able to drive to a hospital. It could be a lot worse. And when you get to your house, you're going to drive past people that have a lot bigger, nicer houses. But you're not going to envy. You're going to say, it could be, it could be a lot worse. You're going to turn on a light and it, you're going to turn a knob and water's going to come out. Do you realize billions of people cannot imagine having light in the house, having clean and even hot water come out of the plumbing in the house? And then you're going to think about your mate. He's lost some hair. She's put on a few pounds. But when you wake up tomorrow morning on Christmas Day, you're going to roll over in bed and you're going to look at them and you're going to say. No, you're not going to say that. Are you crazy? You're going to think it. Isn't it interesting that the place that was once where the Jews were enslaved is now the place that is protecting the king of the Jews. And isn't it true that we can look back on our lives and realize that sometimes those places that we didn't want to be in were in fact the place where we needed to be at that moment. Is it possible that next Christmas... You're going to look back on this Christmas and say, you know, maybe it was a good thing we were in Egypt. You say that about Egypt. You can't ever say that about Ramon. Every life has some moments where it couldn't get worse. And they make us wonder why. Why? You read that story and think, well, why, God? Why didn't, why didn't you just give Herod a heart attack? God, why don't you just get rid of cancer and divorce and war and abuse? See, Christmas doesn't really explain the existence of evil. What Christmas does is shed some light on the future. Of evil. See here's the second thing I want to teach you. Christmas says it will be better. And when Matthew quoted Jeremiah. He wasn't just looking to the past. He was looking to the future. He said Rachel's weeping for her children. Now Rachel was the great heroine of the Jewish people. She was buried in that area around Bethlehem. And real close to Bethlehem was a city called Ramah. And back when the Jews were taken into captivity, Ramah was the staging area for the deportation. So Rachel's a metaphor. Come imagine all the mamas who gathered that day weeping as they watched their children taken off to captivity knowing they will never see them again. But Matthew knows that the Babylons and the Herods of the world don't get the last word. Because I want you to look with me at the very next verse in Jeremiah where Matthew quoted scripture. And here's what it says. But now this is what the Lord says. Do not weep any longer. For I will reward you, says the Lord. Your children will come back to you from the distant land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, says the Lord here's the problem with asking God to get rid of all evil none of us would be left because we all have some darkness in us and so at Christmas at Bethlehem God set in motion a different way to deal with darkness and Jesus was born and don't misunderstand just because he missed death as a baby didn't mean he came to miss death he was born to die But first he would become a man. He would become a man and he would face every temptation. He would bear every indignity. And he would refuse every opportunity to give in to darkness. And then the perfect son would go to a cross. And he would deliver darkness a blow from which it will not fall. Recover. And Christmas reminds us there is hope for our future. Because the one who came is coming again. The curse will be reversed, and the weeping is going to turn into dancing, and the world will one day be right side up. Because while there is no perfect Christmas, the birth of Jesus, sheds light on the truth that perfect is on the way. Paul said in 2 Timothy, he's made all of this plain to us. By the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior, he broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality. Through the good news. I'll never forget reading a story a couple of years ago. About a young mom. She's got two small children. Her husband was serving our country. Deployed overseas. And so she decided to go and move in for a season with her parents. While they waited for him to come home. It was in East Texas. It was Christmas time. The house was all decorated. The kids were so excited, the things were getting baked, the presents were getting wrapped, the movies were getting watched. The only thing that could have made it better is if Daddy was there. And one week before Christmas, they got a phone call and Daddy wouldn't be home. Daddy would never be home. He died serving our country. She immediately went to her bedroom and shut the door and stayed there a long time. Her parents wondered what should we do. And and so they started taking down all the decorations. And they even took the tree. And they took it out the backyard. And and when she came out a long time later. Where's the tree? They said said, honey it just didn't seem appropriate anymore. We took everything down. She said oh mom, dad. Christmas was made for times like this. We need Christmas now more than ever. If you've had an awesome year, and if this has been your best Christmas to date, oh, I rejoice with you. Praise God. But if you're in Egypt right now, if you're in Ramah right now, remember, it will be better. Perfect is on the way and so my word to you is to live in the light of Christmas the prince of darkness wants you to believe that it doesn't ever get any better than this but light overcomes darkness And so we bow at Christmas before the king who has the final word. Because we know where history is headed. Right side up is coming. Death and pain and loneliness and suffering will be no more. And the only reminder that darkness ever existed will be the scars on the arms. Of the one ready to embrace you. So let's live. In the light. Of Christmas. And no matter what we face. We will be able to say. It is well with my soul. So father I. I pray right now. For all listening to me that. That you would speak to their heart. Father, I'm thankful that some and many are here right now. And, and right now, it's good. Oh, and I hope without any guilt, they can just enjoy the sweet season they're in. But I know for some, God, it's hard right now. And sometimes Christmas just intensifies the pain. So would your sweet Holy Spirit... Bring comfort to all. Because we believe the story is true. We believe that what Jesus started, that what his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection has begun, has sealed the fate of darkness. And that light is on the way. And so while we deal with the storms, we will keep our eyes on you. And we will believe. Even when it's hard, that it's well with our soul. Thank you for coming, Jesus. Come again soon.